Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Okay, today on the podcast, we have a hasher from London, a second generation hasher who's hashed all over the world. Today on the podcast, welcome Run to Eat. Welcome. Hello and welcome. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. Okay, Run to Eat, tell everyone your story of when and where and how you started hashing. I'm a G2 hasher. My father was 30 years older than my mum and he was a diplomat. And basically my first experience of hashing was these weird sweaty people coming to our house, drinking our alcohol. And I had all these uncles when I was a kid and I didn't know it was a hash. So I always had on a Saturday people coming to the house. My second experience was unfortunately my father passed away and the following year was Cyprus interhash. So my mum took me with her instead of my dad. I wasn't a runner. I was a moody teenager. I was a never leave camper. But to be completely honest, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Darwin Dave, Tumbling Bill, The Wolf, several others that were never leave campers. I didn't drink beer. They liked the fact that I liked my single malt cast strength whiskey. Shouldn't technically have been drinking. Uh, I was underage for the UK, so I was under 17. I heard some of the most amazing stories. I just asked them how they got into it. One hasher, who I can't remember his name, was telling me that his parents gave him a hundred Aussie dollars. He bought a motorcycle and he drove for a year and a half exploring Australia. And that's how he got into the hash in the 60s. And it was an amazing story. One of the things I loved in Cyprus is because there was a 30 years age difference between my mum and my dad. Hmm. His friends all had stories. And I loved collecting people's stories. I mean, when my his sister died, she gave me money, and it actually said in the will, so she can travel the world, meet its people, and hash. Wow. I do wish, in a way, I paid more attention to this weird club my parents belonged to, because being bounced around as a child, never really having a place to call home, the hash is a home. No matter what country we lived in, I would have had a hash. That one sense of normality and consistency I think would have been amazing so anyone who doesn't think their children should hash let them decide and especially if their diplomats kids are in the services it's the one norm and the one stability that is much needed especially when you're a teenager. I went to Cyprus and it was fantastic and to be honest I didn't really hash again until 2002 when I went to university. And I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. And I joined a running club. I was actually kicked out of several running clubs because they said a little bit less chat and a little bit more running. And I was like, well, I really don't like running, to be fair. I have to do it because of Taekwondo. I was competing and the cardio and stuff. So I found the hash. They didn't mind the fact that I kind of phoned in the effort with running, I did the bare minimum I needed to do just to do it. And I'm really glad I did. And it was interesting how they came about to recruit me. 
that was City of London hash. Okay, let me just get the frame in this and tell everybody who your parents were. My mother's hash name is Fat Bottom Girl. I inadvertently named her, and I can't remember if it was in Peru or um, Argentina, sorry, or Chile, because I was a kid, and my view of the world basically <laughs> limited to backsides. I got lost in a shopping mall. The person said, who are you looking for? And my mother, they tried to describe her. And my dad was with her and things. The only way I could describe my mother was that she had a very prominent posterior. <laughs> it was South America and the Queen song, Fat Bottom Girl. And I think my dad named my mum on the hash. Over the tannoy in this, this shopping mall was the woman wearing the cameled hair co coat that has a, lost a child, that has a very pronounced posterior. Could you please pick up your child? That's great. <laughs> she was mortified and she calls herself FBG because she really hates her hash name. That's great. And what's your dad's hash name? My dad didn't have one. They didn't always have hash names in the 60s. What are the hash clubs or cities that you remember before you made your trip to Cyprus that you lived in that they hashed in? Well, I didn't. I wasn't allowed, to be honest, to leave the consul or the embassy or the our house or my school. Hmm? So I just remember them coming to our house. Where were you living when your parents were hashing? Before you I lived in every single South and Central American country apart from Brazil because my dad didn't speak Portuguese, Germany, and France nice. up until I was 15. You attended the Cyprus Interhash. Yep, and Urine. He was amazing. He was one of the organizers. I only went to the big hall for food. And he goes, what are you doing? You've not been on the runs. And I was like, I don't run. I'm sitting with my boys and we're drinking whiskey and we only come here for food. <laughs> Great. Uh, that was your first time to meet Tumbling Bill. I think he also ran in London, but you met him there in Cyprus. Of course, he was the founder of the Hash Genealogy Project. No, oh. Tumbling Bill had a notepad around his neck. I made a comment going, why do you have a notepad around your neck? And he goes, so I can take notes. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. Darwin Dan was another one that I met in Cyprus, and he was amazing. I'm sadly, no longer with us, both of them. No, I loved all the stories. Everyone had a story. And I remember one of the guy's wives coming in going, oh, my God, it, are these boys bothering you? Are you telling that story again? And he goes, she hasn't heard it, and she asked for it. And I, I said to her, we're only up to 1972. I kind of want to know what happens next. <laughs> when you were in London, how long did you stay with City London? 2002, you started with City of London. Did you, City, yeah. did you become a regular hasher with them? Yes, I did. I pretty much started with them. It took me ages to get named. City is the largest in the UK, arguably. It's the average pack side is up to 50 to 100, 200 for big events. So it's really easy to kind of get lost in the pack. Their way of operation for people who don't know is they always meet at a tube station to start. No, they meet in a pub. Usually right outside a tube station. N near a tube station, yeah. and there's pee trails. But how they recruited me was very interesting. It was the Bear and Posty. They used to go to Freshers' Fairs 
and London had a freshers fair for all of the London universities and they had a little stall that they paid for a stall and they paid for advertisement and time out as well. It said new to London, want to meet people that don't just go to your university, do you want to meet people from all around London, Londoners and other uni students come to the Hash House areas. Oh, they recruited you at a fresher fair? Yeah, they did. So you you were familiar with the hash, and how did you like it after your first run with Sue? Well, I, I was kind of, yeah. I, they're a bit different. They a, a lot of them are very fast runners. I've never been a super fast runner, but I'm comfortably in the middle of the pack. And it's just such a large pack. It was nice to meet people that I wouldn't have normally met if I just stayed with people at uni. And Tuesdays were good for me. It's every Tuesday, rain or shine, zones one and two, which was good for me because I don't really leave those zones. To be fair, uh, I still don't. Have you hashed with them since 2002? I uh, pretty much most weeks, except I did two years at university in Berlin and I hashed with the Berliner hashes. And the Berliners, like Kiss Me Kindle, still consider me one of theirs. Nice. What is the story of you getting named? Because I was heavily competing in Taekwondo, I can't eat about three to four hours before I do any physical activity or I projectile vomit. Princess Hellard, who was the GM in RA at the time, knew pretty much you hand Carla her bag, which had meat, pretty much pure protein, you back away from her, let her digest her food, and whatever you do, do not engage until the blood sugar is normal. Unfortunately, I had half a chicken leg in my rucksack, my bag, and I was eating it, tearing apart, and I was next to a very angry vegan, <laughs> and I was annihilating this chicken because, you know, it, I went on a run. It was like four hours after I ate. I was really hungry. And she called me a murderer. And apparently, I absolutely growled. And I was like, I run and then I eat. <laughs> she never came back. <laughs> she left. <laughs> if the word hangry was around in 2005, I would have been named hangry, but that word wasn't, yeah, run to eat, and I hated my hash name. I was like, I'm not that much of a foodie, but it unfortunately suits me. I am a foodie. I love my food. <laughs> I That's live great. for food. Well, yeah, the, the projectile vomiting sounds like a skill for a hash act sometimes. Yeah, but, but that poor girl, I mean, she never came back. I feel like I traumatized her. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good description. So uh, other people heard that when it happened, and that's how the... Oh, yeah. They, it's a small pub. They heard it. And they saw the look on her face. <laughs> they heard me growl at her. And Princess was like, we told you, you don't engage with her until she's digested. <laughs> so there's a lot of other hashes around London. Do you hash with any of the other clubs? I've started when I, I away. I work for a bank. After I graduated, I got into pretty much picked me from my degree and I worked for a bank and I hashed in Edinburgh, which is where my mum lives and is from and where my mum kind of hashes sometimes. So the TNT hash and the Edinburgh mm -hmm. hash I was hashing with in 2008 to 2010, pretty much every week. And then when I moved back to London in 2010, someone said, have you ever tried 
London hash, which I did when I first started uni, but I never went back to several things with it time scaling and the weekends and a Monday. So I went back to London. I do sometimes hash with London. I'm hashing with them on Saturday. And West London, when it's in a convenient postcode, both of them I will hash with when I can get to. You can hash every day. I'm a founder and, and things of several pub crawl hashes and a bash. Yeah, list those. One of the pub crawl hashes is the Sorted Snorted. It's the staggering north of the Thames, extremely drunk, or south of the River Thames, extremely or staggering drunk. That was a drunken insight in 2008 that just actually became a reality or might have been before then. I have to ask my co-conspirators on that because they probably remember when I don't. So it's a pub crawl hash and we bounce between the north and the south of the Thames. I founded a bash which I'm actually going to start a southern chapter of it. It's the Beer Spoke Hash House Harriers Mm. and it's a bash in Scotland. We have a tendency to cycle from breweries, pubs, and distilleries. (laughs) We've had some very interesting incidents, like people falling into canals when they're drunk. (laughs) It's always an adventure. So that one's a good mix of camaraderie and drinking. Is there a trail, and how do you do do your bash? Yeah, they set a trail. We do chalk and flour. Flour is easier, because when you're doing it on a bike, and myself being left-handed, on this, in this country, you know, we drive on the correct side of the road. Uh, <laughs> it's easier to set the trail on the curb going with the traffic if you're keeping everything on the left. We try to use cycle paths and things. There's a trail, there's two trails. They're longer because bikes can cover longer distance. At a weekend, because of our bash, there's one that just started. Latecomer from the Birmingham hash has just started one after going on ours. Someone from the Sub-60 hash house harriers has just started a bash as well. Where's Sub-60? Sub-60 is in Wessex. Why is it called Sub-60? Trail, 60 minutes, come back. Anything longer, no. It, uh-huh. it, it cuts into their drinking practice. Oh. Are you... You traveled a lot in your life before hashing yeah. and, and then I was after. very, very fortunate. I worked for Amnesty International, UNICEF, and the International Transport Workers Federation doing things with docks from 2011 to 2013. I was away at a dock or a port every month. And every place I went, the further away, like when I went to Australia and I went to Port Timor, in Papua New Guinea, I hashed, Macau, I hashed. I would just send an email to someone saying, look, I'm going to be in your country from this time to this time. Is there a hash around? If not, is there a drinking practice? And I was very lucky. One of the things about what my mum calls hashing is colonization gone wild. Every dock and port and colony or former British colony, American colony, there's a hash and they're so welcoming. If you just shoot them an email or anything, they go, yeah, come by. I had people pick me up from the airport. I crashed at some of their spaces. It was wonderful. And it's the best way to see a city. 
because I wasn't sure. there for long, probably two days. And I got to see a city and not just a conference room or a dock. And I met some wonderful people. You grew up running pre-hashing, moving around South America. You certainly hashed in Europe, Australia, Asia. What about Africa? And have you gone to the back to the Americas to hash? I haven't done South America to hash. I was supposed to, after Trinidad last year, do some in Argentina. I've hashed in some of the U.S. states. Yeah, Africa, I, we were, I was in Madagascar, hashed with them. I hashed in Port Harcourt in Nigeria. Yeah. And they're a lovely, lovely group. Yeah. Uh, Eiffel Tower is amazing. She is the nicest human being ever. And there's several others. Blue Jack is another one that is just such a good-hearted person. And there's so many of the African hashes. They they are really good. If I would definitely recommend ha hashing in Africa. Some of the things was kind of funny. I I hashed in Egypt. I got conned into setting a trail in Egypt and not knowing Egypt. And I just had mapped. And it was even before iPhone mapped. I looked up things and I saw these beautiful cycle paths and these this wonderful walkway near the water. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to set a trail down there. It's beautiful, large, everything. Set a trail. I ended up getting an award from the Egyptian hash for amazing hair razor for the sole reason that the reason they don't use that walkway and trail is apparently the Nile crocodile <laughs> like to sunbathe along that trail. And the potential to get eaten <laughs> is quite high. <laughs> That's great. And I didn't know that. <laughs> they go, yay, we went on Run to Eat Trail and no one got eaten. Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you meet Eiffel? Did you meet her in Cyprus? She was there, I remember. Yes, she is. Yeah, I met her in Cyprus. She's yep. an amazing person. She also did came to Brussels. What year were you in Cairo? I think it was 2011. I like them. I want to go back. They were really good. The, the one thing I love about all of the African hashes, hence my namesake, is they put on food. Mm. Oh, my God. The food. Nigeria and Ghana had this smorgasbord and, like, a whole goat. And they go, oh, just leave the food. Something or someone will eat it. What's left, um, then? Yeah, what's left. One of the things that really kind of made me chuckle, and I can't remember one of the countries went there, one of the coastal countries, was one of the hashers said to me, you don't have to be the fastest runner. Just make sure there's someone slower behind you in Africa. <laughs> yeah, just in for, case you get eaten. Yeah, for Darwinism, yeah. And hippopotamus apparently are the worst. Yeah, there's all kind of stuff that can get you. That's yeah, great. I, I try not to hash in countries where things that will eat me. Like my, my only time with the voodoo hash is we were going through a storm drain. And they said if it's larger than poo, get on the bank side. That really <laughs> asked you. Voodoo in New Orleans? New Orleans. Cool. Ballpark, how many trails do you think you've been on? I lost count. Titanic dickhead who is just mathematically wonderful. I think he actually calculated, and Fat Bastard, I think, has also calculated how many. Fat Bastard knows my mother, and so does Titanic, actually. They, they've hashed with my mother in Edinburgh when I'm in London. Uh, I, God, I really don't know. Within 500, what's your guess? Well, I know I've done over 100 with both Edinburgh, London, City of London, TNT, 
and Berlin. And I'm near 100 with the Frankfurt hash, so oh. I have no idea. Okay. What about events? Aside from hashing week to week when you're living somewhere, and also hashing where work takes you for a couple of days, what about events that you've attended? What are some of the most I, memorable events? I like the train rumble we did. That was by far my favorite, train rumble to mother hash. That was amazing. The food was amazing. The trails were amazing. I actually was telling Calendar Girl and Snow White that I preferred that more than the actual main event, to be fair. Yeah. I think that was by far the most wonderful being on there, being able to speak to other hashers. A lot of us, but there was also few of us that we could actually speak to each other and get to know each other and do things. It was an amazing event. Absolutely amazing. As a food fan, the hashes that hosted the runs when we got off just were incredible, like Hat Yai. Oh, my goodness. It was absolutely amazing. And all the gimmies. And, yes, I kept. I have given Neptunus so many hash t-shirts. I made a big clear out during the lockdown and I think I shipped out five UPS boxes of several hundred cotton hash t-shirts to him. The ones that he already had I gave to Hogtie to raise money for the patch whores. I shipped four boxes of hash t-shirts to her as well during lockdown and I still have some. My mother believes that hash shirts breed. <laughs> if you put them in a box, they have sex and they multiply and you just never are aware. <laughs> you have other stuff? Do you collect patches? I do like my patches. I put them on my happy coats. I like some of the weird give-me's. I was on mismanagement for Eurohash 2019 and apart from drawing and designing the logo, I was the haberdasher. There wasn't a t-shirt, but you got a whiskey glass and a folding backpack and a beautiful towel that was massive and a, one of those dry towels. Those are different things that you get in a hash gimme. I like some of the unusual things you get. Yeah, hoodies and some cups, couple of rucksacks, water bottle. That The personalized water bottle was one gimme that was really good. Yeah, those things have a neat way of being just an object that has so memories and people tied to it for simple objects, I think. Sometimes, depending on where you get the object, you can kind of recall some of the memories of going, oh, I remember that. That was when I was in Baku, or I hashed with the Georgia hash. They gave me a huge carafe of wine, which I still have the bottle, because <laughs> it just gives me such good memories. They are a wonderful hash. If you ever go to Georgia, they invented wine. Do not argue with them. But I had it poured down my throat from the day I was there. I did my conference. I think I was still drunk doing my conference, and then I hashed again with them. <laughs> And then I somehow got it on my flight and got home, and I have no idea how that happened. Great. Other great events are Little Mo's Campout, the UAE, is a good one. He puts on a great spread. On my list, my boyfriend is a hasher. He's another Generation 2 hasher. His parents were in the NATO. It's all their hash names? Beaker is his dad, and they're the Muppet family. And Muppets is a naval acronym for the most useless person alive. My boyfriend is Kermit. His sister's actually heartbeat, his older sister, because she deliberately went to a place to avoid being called Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> 
to get a name. Yes, just to get a name. <laughs> Talk about mismanagement. You've been to a lot of different countries, a lot of different hash clubs. When you're on mismanagement, what's some crazy behind-the-scenes stories where things almost went wrong or went way better than you thought? Some of the fun events, Megasaurus and Orgel Sex and myself did the UK Alternative Interhash in Edinburgh. I did all the haberdashery and the designs and stuff. It went really well. I had a huge fever. I was really ill, <laughs> but I was still able to do everything. I don't remember some of the event because I did have a very high fever at the time. But everything came together absolutely amazingly well, and being Scotland... We had good weather. That never <laughs> happens. I mean, it didn't rain. It was beautiful. It was sunny. It was gorgeous. That was a great event that I was on the mismanagement for. I was quite proud of the Eurohash 2019 that we were on, to be fair, mm -hmm. that I was on mismanagement. <laughs> I kind of joke, with London City, I was RA for many years. I was hair raiser, I was haberdasher, and I was GM. And I think my total time served was over seven years. Wow. And in this country, you do get less for murder. <laughs> <laughs> and stupidly, for my sins, I've been on TNT, the Newtown Hash Committee, for several years. Social sec, haberdasher. I need to learn to say no. When was the first time you got on to mismanagement? 2004. Uh -huh. So you were there for Cardiff. I did go to Cardiff. I loved Cardiff. I actually did one of the pre-lube rumbles in London. We, the Sorted Snorted did a, kind of was a front runner to Sorted Snorted. I did a pub crawl mm -hmm. on the way to Cardiff. I drove to Cardiff, so I didn't do the, the train thing. Somewhere, it came up in my Facebook memory. Because they took all the grass out for Cardiff, but I'm a big rugby fan. Mm -hmm. And I screwed up someone's shirt, and I stupidly slid across the try line, pretending I was scoring a try, but forgetting that it was pure concrete. And <laughs> I skinned my elbows and a little bit of my face. And somewhere, I, someone, I think, can't remember who it was, it was a London hasher that videoed it. There's a short video of me sliding across the try line, holding a shirt, and then standing up really happy with the shirt, and there's blood just, like, dripping down the side yeah. of my face, that I looked so happy, you know, like, I scored a try in Millennium Stadium. Yeah, and you've left your DNA there. And I left my DNA. <laughs> Cardiff was, I loved it. I thought it was great. There were no cues for the food, at least where I went. I wasn't drinking beer at that point, so... <laughs> The Danish hashers always feel me up like uh, Spider-Man and Squarehead because they know somewhere on my body I will have a flask of whiskey. <laughs> Got hash traditions, hash songs, all that stuff, and you found that hashes. Is there anything that you've run into in any clubs or the way hashing is going that you could do without? I like the inclusive hashes. I know the one thing I didn't really like in the U.S. is how they force alcohol in drinking. We have Muslim hashers. We have hashers that don't drink. We have a hasher that's called Paparazzi. He doesn't drink, but the reason we call him that is he videos and photographs the evidence. Like, what happened last night? Let me show you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
So that's why he's called paparazzi. And we don't care if he doesn't drink. He still has fun with us. You don't need to drink. You just need to have tolerance and a good sense of humor. Just being inclusive, as long as you have veins and a pulse, you can hash. <laughs> that could be a new tagline, yeah. You should be, I know. <laughs> if you have a half a mind, you need veins and a pulse. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, you just you don't even need two legs. You, it, I mean, we should get you signed up on the halfmind.com. Where have you hashed to check the boxes of countries? I have. I, I, I keep on forgetting to. Yeah, because your number must be up there in the top ten or twenty people. Yeah. Uh, I keep on forgetting. One of these days, I'm going to sit with Fat Bastard and Titanic. I might do it this, I think they're coming on Saturday. I've done a lot of the European countries, most of the European countries. I have done Luxembourg and Liechtenstein. My hash dad, not my real dad, but my hash dad is Padre from Riviera Hash. And my hash mum is PhD from Dublin Hash. Gives me such excitement that my hash mum and my hash dad are now dating each other. Um, my <laughs> hash dad has now moved in with my hash mum. I'm like, yay! <laughs> did, did you have anything to do with that pairing? I was kind of like, Riviera and Dublin had a bit of a tie due to Wedgie. But I was like, you guys are both wonderful people. You need to talk to each other. <laughs> I like to think I had something to do with it, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. <laughs> What do you think about the future of hashing as the world becomes more connected, more filmed, more online? What, what do you see for the future of hashing in, in 20 years? I hope that people and at least mismanagement will look at the hash and see how it's evolved. We were talking about it actually yesterday on the Corona hash, which we do every Tuesday. We have lots of countries. Black Mac brought out a stack of San Clu sheets that they handed out. And I said, Charlie Tuck, the brewer, still does that and keeping them, but having to go with the future, social media, website. City Hash has a YouTube channel. They have it Instagram. They use Facebook. They use WhatsApp. Being able to adapt because keeping things, unfortunately, the same all the time you have to roll with it i've seen it's like dinosaurs i've seen some group that they don't get any younger members some of them are happy with that which is fine that's their prerogative that they can do that but if you want to keep a club or a tradition alive you kind of have to change i hope they do i hope it's for the better i think some of this technology and stuff is great during the pandemic the zoom stuff has been amazing the zoom hash every tuesday we have people from the uae most of europe three time zones in america and africa uk and we all just on a tuesday we mostly talk about food or cats to be fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's a world event that's pretty cool it's a world event Yesterday was great. Fat Bastard made lipstick from Portland laugh so hard she fell off a chair and knocked herself on the head very hard, which of course was all on screen. We're like laughing and like, oh my God, she hasn't gotten up. Is she okay? And she came up and she was like, I'm okay. <laughs> she messaged this morning going, I have a huge knot on my head. I really did hit it hard. I actually rolled on the floor laughing. <laughs> When travel loosens up again, are you attending World Interhash at Trinidad when it's rescheduled and Eurohash this I'm, year? My mother and I are going to do Trinidad. 
hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. We were signed up last year. We we're hoping to go this year. I'm hoping to do the Berlin Does This Wonderful Water weekend, and it's in September. Mm -hmm. Another one of my yearly favorites is the Bucharest hash to a Transylvanian hash. Right. And it's amazing. Very well organized. October to be able to do that. You have extrovert personality, enjoyment of hash, but what's your circles like? What's your personality when you run a circle? What's a run-to-eat-run circle like? I try to make sure everyone gets a down-down. I really do. I've RA'd several times. I go to German Nash Hash, and we try to make it funny. I am a native German speaker. We did a wonderful trail with Higgins, and we RA'd. I did it in German. He did it in French, and then he also translated the German I was doing in a very bad English. It was kind of like a sketch out of Hello, Hello, if you've ever seen it. <laughs> The whole circle was pissing themselves laughing because I would say in a very strict-ish German going, no, you must do this. No, come into the circle. You've been very bad. And he mm -hmm. would say either in French or English, if it's any inconvenience, would you kindly come into the circle and please pick up your beverage of choice. Do not spill. And I would be barking commands and we would play it that way. We made sure everyone got it down down to the point of if you were born on a day that ended in Y, get in the circle. <laughs> nice. Have you been to different clubs where the entire thing was run non-English? What are some of those? Some of the German clubs in Berlin, if you're mostly German speakers there, we, we only spoke German. The Frankfurt hash did that and the Hanover hash, they only spoke English if there were people that weren't native speakers or visitors. You've been on any all-women trails or clubs? I went on a Saigon, well, actually, Saigon women's hash I have gone on, but the probably the best one, which technically wasn't a women's trail, it just happened to be run by women and mostly women, was the sake hash in Japan. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing. My hash younger sister, and I'm using air quotes, it's Captain Knockers, and the reason is younger sister is apparently we, we have the same birthday. She founded Sydney Harriet's in like the 60s, so that's the running joke that she's my younger sister. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I hashed with them. I have hashed actually with a lots of men only hashes. Wow. Lindsay boys. Right. The Hammersley. But the Hammersley boys are really good. They basically said, look, she has more balls than you do. And she's a black belt in two martial arts. She's more of a man than most of us. So she gets to run with the men's hash. <laughs> I'm able to run with the Guernsey boys and the Hammersley boys without anyone ever objecting which is quite cool. Not many female-only hashes. There's, I think there's only one female-only hash in the UK. What's that one? The Guernsey Harriet. Oh, right, yeah. They take uh, alternate travels. It used to be what, like, the, either the Guernsey boys or the Guernsey girls would show up at a Euro hash the or girls, UK. The girls do Euro hash. The boys do UK national. National, that's it. All right. Have you been involved in any white powder events or run-ins with the police over the years? We're quite lucky with City of London because we had Robocop who was a very senior police officer, if not one of the top senior police officers with the Met. We 
email every week that going so-and-so is hearing from Finsley Park, from this pub, so they always know where the hash is going to be. The Royal Parks emailed us and said, which is stupid, <laughs> not to use flour in the Royal Parks because it quote-unquote attracts vermin, okay, <laughs> so we can only use chalk plasterboard in the mm-hmm. Royal Parks. City of London does not allow flour either. You can only do it in chalk. Mm-hmm. As long as you follow those rules, that's fine. We've not had anything as long as people are somewhat smart. I set the trail with the dog, Brew Doug, my mum's second Labrador, who's been hashing for 13 years. <laughs> She's 13 and a half now. She used to look like a cocaine dealer, <laughs> to be honest, on the hash, because she would stick her nose into the Oh, bottle. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there would be a perfect circle around her nose. She's a black Labrador. So she had, like, this white stripe around her nose. <laughs> and the other dog walkers are like, what are you doing? What's around that dog's nose? And I was like, it's flower. She honestly is sniffing out the trail. <laughs> it's fine. It's not poison for dogs. I have a dog. She's a Labrador. She's food driven. <laughs> have you had any injuries on trail or put anybody in yes. the hospital on one of your trails? I ended up in the hospital at the City Hash Away weekend in 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought I would shortcut back from the trail. I could see my tent and it had to go through a cow field. I slipped on a cow patty and I broke my ankle in four places. Whoa. The hash only knew something was wrong because Fat Bastard went, where's Run to Eat? We're having dinner and she's not here. Honestly, she's always the first in line. She's fast runner and they saw me on trail and I was really getting back because I was hungry and I didn't come for dinner. So they went out looking for me. I was being carted away by an ambulance because I broke my ankle. Wow. So who found you in the field? Harry Cocker was somewhat following me. <laughs> because she saw I was going through the cow field and realized maybe it wasn't a good idea when I fell. <laughs> How long did that put you out of commission? I was non-weight bearing for three months oh. and, and things. It was not great. I had this eye walk, which I actually bought in the U.S., and I did interscanty UK Nash Hash, the Disneyland Half Marathon on this fake peg leg because I was non-weight bearing on an ankle. I also did the Dramathon, which is a whiskey marathon, half marathon, where you get a lot of hash. It was invented by a, a hasher from the Borders Hash, the Borders of Scotland. It pretty much is what it says on the tin. You get little samples of whiskey for every stop. So you have these little bottles of whiskey, which is fantastic. And a lot of hashers go for that, even though it's not a hash event. Alcohol and, and running are eh. The, the city hash also does Medoc a lot. We've done Medoc about six times. We've done the Liege Beer Marathon every year since it started. About 200 last time in 2019 went to the Liege Beer Marathon. And we were all dressed as Smurfs just to piss off the Belgians. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't <laughs> piss off the Belgians. What can you do? <laughs> Have you been to Friday the 13th hashes? Yes, and I've set several trails with them. They're doing a big event this Friday the 13th which the only one is in August. They're doing an away weekend in Norwich. I love the Friday the 13th. I've set several trails from then. I did the part 10, and I had a T-shirt made for them. It was all vampire-themed. 
And I did one around my house here. I live off of Tower Bridge Road. So there's lots of macrobe and horrible things that happen because the clink and debtor's prisons and things. I love the Friday the 13th. They're great. I think the best thing was I had all these fake tattoos of bullet holes and stab wounds and flesh wounds, and I put them on all the people. Winsaw had a huge investors meeting the next day, but he didn't realize he still had his bullet hole on his forehead. (laughs) And he obviously didn't look in the mirror until someone said, are you okay? <laughs> you have a little something. <laughs> and he goes, oh my God, it's a bullet hole. It's not a real one. <laughs> what what events or inner hashes do you think would be good places for that to happen? I really think Little Mo should have his camp out. His thing is great. It's a great location. It's never been there. I've said this several times that this is going to be my last interhash. I'm tired of going to Southeast Asia. It's always in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. It needs to be, I think Africa would be good. I know Kenya bid for it and I think that would be a good place for an interhash. It needs to be in different places. Definitely. Do you bring a lot of new people to the hash? Do you screen people and figure out who it would fit for? Or what's your approach to inviting people to the hash? You pretty much know. I never told my work colleagues about the hash because I was their boss and I didn't really like it gets awkward. I'm a member of car clubs and I've told them about the hash, which they thought was great. I used to do a London skate club, uh, rollerblading skating, and it pretty much was the hash. They rolled around London and drank at the same time and they just followed a leader. A lot of them came to the hash. Mm -hmm. I think you kind of know what it would suit. Um, My longest enduring friend, my best friend, Tom, I introduced to the hash. He's currently in Bellinopoly. He's in the U.S. Navy. He absolutely loves it. He doesn't drink, but he loves the sense of humor. He loves the double entendre, uh, the tongue-in-cheekness of it, and the fact that you can absolutely be yourself. That's a good summary of kind of the essence of hashing. It's a safe space. I think hashing needs to be a safe space. It needs to be a space for everyone, regardless of who you are, to be able to be yourself and not have judgment. Yeah, it's a special organization that way. The family. Lindbergh and Bruce Almighty actually were some of my saving grace at some of the hashes because being a girl and being an early 20s teenager, pretty much on my own at some of these big events, it's kind of scary. But Bruce Almighty and Olympric, honest to God, they're sound people. They made me feel so secure and so safe in an environment that I normally would have been completely out of place in. They're like a welcoming committee. You realize when I first broke my ankle and I got released from the hospital, I decided to recover at my mum's in Edinburgh, but my car was at the campsite, so Hasher drove my car to London, but then I had to figure out how it was going to get to Edinburgh, and it was the power of the hash. I got picked up from where I was in Kent by a Hasher, driven to Euston Station, From Houston Station, I went to Birmingham. A Brahmi hasher drove me to a station to Glasgow. From Glasgow, a Glaswegian hasher drove me to another station. And then I got picked up by a hasher in Edinburgh and taken to my mum's. (laughs) Jeez. That great. George Trip. Nice. 
It was amazing. It was a family, and they, they look after each other. The biggest, smallest family you never knew you had. Eiffel Tower from the U.S., from the Hash founders, him and I set a wonderful trail at Eurohash last year. Also a DC road whore, because I, I did stuff with them when we were stationed there. Such a great family. I know a lot of people do think that they shouldn't get their kids into it, but especially if they're military or services, I think it's a grounding thing if, if you're being bounced around a lot. I mean, I went to five schools in three countries in one year. That's what hashing is. <laughs> Travel the world, meet its people, eat its food. <laughs> is the RA always right? Absolutely, and they have nothing to do with the weather. <laughs> okay, I want to thank Run to Eat for coming on the podcast today. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher stories, hasher voices, hasher history. New episodes every week. Until next time, On On, this is Ra. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet child, coming forth to carry me. Oh